Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Oh, that was very bright and exciting and wonderful. It'll go great in there. I like it. And don't forget to check out our website. That's right. www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com Hi, my name is Rick. My name is Tim. And this is Break It Down with Rick and Tim. The hell's going on? It's a good question. I'm glad I'm Italian. I'm not white. You kind of are. Why does it have to be the big chicken? (laughs) Why does it have to be the big chicken? Why do you have to say it like that? (laughs) I was right. And you were racist. It's Britney, bitch. (laughs) I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there. But that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you. You're a questionable person. This is a podcast where Rick, a Generation Xer, and Tim, a millennial, come together and try to find answers to our changing world. Break it down with Rick and Tim. All right. Our last show was about who we are and why we're doing this podcast. And before that, we talked about our religious upbringing and lack thereof, politics, and Bigfoot. Ew. Gross. Yeah, gross. Grass? Gross. 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 Bigfoot is not real, nor is the Easter Bunny. Get a life. We're going to lighten things up a little bit. We're going to talk about something I think we can all relate to asking. What's the meaning of life, Rick? Are UFOs real? Do gingers have souls? Which came first, the Big Bang or the Big Chicken? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. There was a astronomer who's passed away, very well-liked, well-loved, Carl Sagan. And he has a quote that I absolutely love, and this is true. Somewhere... Something incredible is waiting to be known. So one might call that enlightenment. What's around the corner? It's optimism. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah. One might actually say it's faith. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's Britney, bitch. He wrote the book Contact, and they turned it into a movie, and it was finished before he passed away. And uh, the movie is based on a character in real life named Jill Tarter, who worked at SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And she's very optimistic and believes that, you know, the truth is out there. (laughs) And, you know, people would ask her, well, you know, you think by now we would have found something or heard something. But her analysis is, well, if you take a teaspoon and dip it in the ocean... Did you find any fish in that teaspoon? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you might you know, find some amoeba or whatever, some single-cell organisms, but you're not going to find the fish and the whales and everything. So right. we're just starting, literally. Right. I hear her. I hear her. Barely, but, but, but she's, she's there. Okay to go. She says she's okay to go. Do you think there's life out there? Of course. And the reason why is because, statistically speaking, it just makes sense. Like, look at the numbers. Look at the possibilities. 
Yeah, they keep throwing all these zeros and trillions and billions of stars and trillions and billions of planets, and that's just in our Milky Way. You know? Well, and let's understand what trillions and billions means, because the difference between trillion and a billion is a heck of a lot. Yeah, but it's so overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and that's the point. They're, the, the, the possibilities are infinite, and that's what those numbers are meant to kind of right. tell you. And so it's really what light has touched our system. Because that's the way we perceive the solar system, right. right? What maybe radio waves we've received. There was the wow signal. The wow signal. Do you know about the wow signal? I have heard about the wow signal, but for our viewers who don't know the wow signal, or for someone like me who doesn't know the wow signal in depth, please tell me about the wow signal. From what I remember, the wow signal happened in the 1970s when I was five years old. In 1977, it was a, a narrowband radio signal that came from the constellation Sagittarius. 72 seconds long, it never repeated after that. It was like a one-shot thing. But we recorded it. We got it. A lot of people argue that it was extraterrestrial in origin. Or perhaps it is a natural phenomenon that we do not know. Pulsar, quasar, who knows? Did it? Was it just like a vibration, a sound, or it was a mod? It was a modulation. Just wow! What is it? What was inside the signal? Did we don't know? But Carl Sagan used that as the basis for his movie Contact, or in the book Contact. We received this signal. Inside the signal, information was sent back to us that we had already sent out into space. The first television signal that was sent out was from the Olympics with Adolf Hitler. So, oh. Does anybody speak German? It was turned around, sent back to us, and so in the movie... Return like, to sender. Are they Nazis? What were they? But inside that signal, they didn't know what they were sending back to us. Inside the signal was the blueprints to create a huge device to send a human to who knows where. Oh. Not going to spoil the movie or the book for you, but it's one of my sure. favorite movies. Jodie okay. Foster's in it. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh my gosh, it's great. Yeah, it has an interesting ending. talks about faith. You know, at the end of the story, did she or did she not get to meet the aliens or beings out there? So it's fantastic. Matthew McConaughey plays a father, a religious figure. Okay. Bill Clinton. President Bill Clinton's in the movie. They used his uh, public uh, speeches about the microbes that were found in Martian rocks Mm. that possibly could be life Mm. from back in the 90s. And they put that in the movie and edited it just right so that it looked like Bill Clinton was talking about the signal and not to get too excited. If this discovery is confirmed, it will surely be one of the most stunning insights into our universe that science has ever uncovered. I like that. That's kind of cool. Contact. Contact. And the chimes you're hearing are my wind chimes in the backyard. And I apologize. We're low-budget podcast. I think there's life out there based on the numbers. And I just think that if you if you look at, like, how life is created, like this idea of a Big Bang, like a scattering of all this matter... And we're just a splotch that has been spilled somewhere, and we're growing like mold. <laughs> and there's got to be other little mold colonies everywhere. Mm. It's just We just got to. I believe in a creator god, not the anthropomorphic. Ew, yuck.
Excuse me. Oh Anthro. my god. Anthropomorph is it anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. I don't even know. That's a, a deity that we create based on our own image. God. The biblical God. Sure. I believe in a creator, a God per se. Because of all the physics and the DNA and the science, it's not an accident. You know, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, electricity, gravity, all these things, the atoms and the neutrons. It's just, there's no way this could be just a choo boom, life. You ready? <laughs> you ready? President Trump, if you see this, please save us. <laughs> no, it's it, there's there's a blueprint, DNA, chromosomes. It's a blueprint. Sure, you know, it's it's fantastic. This anthropomorphical, this anthropomorph. A few moments later, anthropomorph, and I can't even say it. anthropomorphical. Anthropomorph. I'm sorry. Anthropomorphical. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. One hour later. Anthropomorphic. Slow it down. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. I'm telling her to go slow. Okay. Five hours later. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Okay. Anthropomorphic or thick? Thick. Not thick. Anthropomorphic. <laughs> Finally! So we live in a society where there's all different kinds of anthropomorphic gods. When in fact... No, God is in the details. The creator's in the details. Okay. What are the chances? Anthropomorphic, human-looking God with a white beard, or something that is beyond our comprehension, and we are lucky to be here because of its love? What about it? Which one? Which one would make more sense to you? Something that we can't even explain, that has given us this tremendous gift of life on this rock, orbiting the sun, traveling throughout the entire Milky Way or an old man in a white beard that's mad at you for saying the F word too many times today. I think they're both absurd. I think they both present the same question. I just think one is more pointed than the other. One says here is a path that we have chosen along this you know, beginning, middle to end and we need something that uh, gives us purpose. And so here it is. This old man, he's going to tell us what to do. We've chosen that. Now, on the flip side, you have people who are like, well, I just think it's this big bang thing that we just can't comprehend. And it's just, we just go through life. And I've chosen my choice to to kind of just accept this almighty being that's out there and live my life as if that being is just there kind of watching over us and loving us and doing all sorts of things. It's the same thing, right? It's just saying that I'm not going to put a name to it. I'm not, I'm not going to, to and I'm not going to let it like dictate my life. If that makes sense. Okay. That's good. Did, when you had your daughters, yes. Did that change any perspective on a higher life form, higher being, uh, deity of love creation anything did that influence you in any way did it open your eyes make you think or were you still the same person now as you were before you had your kids 
I mean, I think I'm always kind of changing, but uh, my view on a higher being. Hmm. I guess my view on a, I've always had a relationship with Jesus, right? As a kid growing up. And so now at this point in my life, I just think that we as humans are programmed to believe that there's a higher power, which I think is fine because it makes sense. I mean, well, it gives people meaning. It gives people meaning and purpose and it gives people someone to talk to when there's nobody around. Now, prayer. That's meditation. Sure. You're calming yourself down, you're bringing down your heart rate. You're opening your mind. Right. You're focusing. You're channeling. Meditation slash prayer serves a purpose. Whether or not you truly are speaking to a higher power, I think when you're praying, you are connecting to your inner spirit, your inner soul, your inner conscience, right. your consciousness, all mm. the above. Whether or not it's connected to a web of energy that is the other side, the afterlife or whether we don't know right now until we pass. When we pass away, then we know, hopefully, or it's blackness. I'm an optimist. So I'm going to think that, you know, when we pass, then we're going to go where our loved ones who've gone before us and be a part of that whole new world. Right. Or it's blackness. Either way, the moment, the moment that we're in right now, the now moment is very important. Mm -hmm. How you treat people, how you raise your daughters, how I take care of my dogs. What it comes down to for me is God is uh, my relationship with Jesus, but it's whatever it is that we've developed, whatever relationship we have, right? With whoever, whatever, whoever we call God. Okay. Right? Some people just have a different name for him, but at the end of the day, it's got to kind of be somewhat the same thing in some kind of way because everything is kind of a construct of our own human brain and limitations. You know, there is a theory out there that we were genetically modified by extraterrestrials for thousands of years. Bob Lazar has talked about when he worked there at Area 51 slash S4, He's the guy that got outed by George Knapp, the reporter from Las Vegas in the late 1980s. Long story short, he was working on a UFO craft, and he was privy to some information And in that supposedly these extraterrestrial beings, the kids as they were called because they were so little, have been coming here for 10,000 years and have been influencing our DNA evolution over 66 times all according to Bob Lazar, whether you believe him or not. So wait a second. Let's go back. Because you're saying that aliens are influencing our DNA. According to him. Okay. Are they, could they be our god? So that brings me to the question. Like, what happens if we discover that, like, angels are like aliens? Because in the Bible, it describes, you know, like a wheel within a wheel machine and a crack of thunder and such coming down out of the sky. And it's, you know, something, an alien coming down in a UFO, or it could be. Okay. Uh, and then what's, you know, maybe let's think about this in, in terms of, of, of melding it with what you just said, where we've been genetically modified. What if, you know, 
that prayer in some weird way is uh, a resonance, a power source, if you will, for aliens, right? And so they want you to comply, and we're just, you know, fueling their empire. Um, yeah. What if tomorrow it's confirmed that we have been manipulated by aliens and extraterrestrials for thousands of years, and that we are here because of them, like how we have influenced dogs. We have German shepherds now because sure. of our, you know, so we're doing exactly, allegedly, what the aliens have done. Would that change your belief systems? Would that have any influence on your life? Would it break you? Would it? What would it do to you? I think it would break everybody around me. And I think, like for me, I'd be like, okay, so what's our purpose then? Like, fill me in on it so I know, like, if I'm, like, just, like, one of them cows in a slaughterhouse, kind of just waiting to go up into the thing and, you know, they're going to harvest my soul and eat it or some shit. Like, we don't know what, you know, they're capable of. Mm. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, and it, what, you think about, like, a dream. Like, are we, when we go into a dream, is that, like, you know, somebody coming in and can they see what's happening in our brain? Are they, like, harvesting our thoughts and playing around with their minds? You just, there's all sorts mm. of crazy shit you could get into with this. You know, well, I think aliens are real. Okay, based on the numbers game, because if it happened here, it can happen elsewhere under the right conditions. Let me say that again, because we could hear your burping. <coughs> I tried to cover it up. I think aliens are real, simply because of the numbers game. If it happened here under the right conditions, it can happen elsewhere. It's a big galaxy. I'm not going to even think about the numbers and trillions and billions and stars and the Drake equation. And that, that, that's just, I can't even wrap my head around that. But the thing that I find kind of disappointing or sad is that life has only a window of opportunity to evolve, adapt, overcome its own issues like we're in the middle of right now. Right. Hopefully life would be not as self-destructive as human beings are. I'm an optimist, but I also realize that we, we we're, we're, look what we're doing right now with our planet with global warming, for right. example. Well, global warming, and we have a war going on, and to be honest with you, we have an uptick in UFO sightings. Right. And that's interesting because in the 1940s, they rose in numbers when we were testing the atom bomb. Right. You know, they probably were just watching us. And then, boom, boom, what happens in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? And they're like, what are those apes doing now? A minute ago, they were driving horse buggies, and now they're splitting the atom? That was just a minute. It was just 50 years ago. You know, so they're probably like, whoa, wait a minute. And then Roswell happened. Right. And, you know, so it's just. So let's talk about where they're at now. So we've got. sightings that have been happening in like the navy a lot of that stuff and and why would they be showing up there well what's happening right now the united states is trying to um prepare for a show of force with russia so with our aircraft carrier groups i saw on the news somewhere i'm not entirely sure where and i'm sure that you know there's gonna be some fact checking involved here but the LAWS, an acronym for Laser Weapons System, is not science fiction, it is not experimental. It is deployed on board the USS Ponce amphibious transport ship, ready to be fired at targets today and every day by Captain Christopher Wells and his crew. 
the United States sent a carrier ship or a destroyer ship that has a laser mounted weapon on it that's supposed to be a, like a countermeasure to to you know uh, n- to, to, to missiles and such any sort of airborne de- uh, threat mm-hmm. and that's a new technology mm-hmm. right that's it could be microwave it could be radio wave it could be you know some sort of thing so maybe they're and and why show up at a carrier group well that's you know the strongest point that is the like uh, military jewel of the United States is well, our yeah. carriers. And they're nuclear powered right. and they have nuclear missiles. Right. You know, so they're probably keeping a close eye on us. Earlier we mentioned Bob Lazar and he claims on his website boblazar.com that humans and these kids, aliens, the greys were working together at Area 51 in the late 1970s and something went down. There was some kind of a conflict. Some people got killed. The aliens left and told them that they were going to come back. The beings are three to four feet tall and weigh 25 to 50 pounds. They have grayish skin and large heads with almond-shaped wraparound eyes. They have very slight nose, mouth, and ear positions and are hairless. Any dates in the information regarding these beings were written in a six-digit number, which began with 1623. Since I had no idea what the six-digit number was for the present year, I had no way of calculating when these beings arrived, or at least arrived this time. These beings said that they had been visiting Earth for a long time and presented photographic evidence which they contended was over 10,000 years old. There was an exchange of hardware and information in central Nevada until 1979, at which time there was a conflict which brought the program to an abrupt halt. The beings left, but were to return at a 1623 date, and I don't know what that date is. With the remaining hardware and information, the U.S. government started the back engineering program. Nonetheless, we fast forward now 22, 23, 24, 25 years now, and you know the naval carriers, the Nimitz and the Roosevelt, and the Navy jets are seeing, and the radar people, technicians, are seeing things we haven't seen yet they've there's a whole fleet of these things that were recorded but we only see the one gimbal video of that one ufo that we see turning not the tic tac the other one Mm. and it corroborates bob lazar's story about the ufo he was working on because he says when the ufo takes up lifts up i'm using your phone i see that goes up like this and then it goes up and it rotates so be like the bottom of your car going forward it goes up flat and then goes and it vertical. Yeah. And that's how it moves. Now, movies have always had the UFO going like this, you know, wibble, mm-hmm. wibble, wibble, wobble. Mm-hmm. Bob Lazar says it wibble wobbles because of the gravity generators that are underneath the ship create that imbalance. So was that by chance Hollywood back in the 1950s by sheer luck kind of getting that wibble wobble just by... Is that wibble wobble dangerous or just like a usual thing? I don't know. It's the instability created by the sure. the, the, gener- the gravity generators, whatever, these three things that power mm-hmm. these vehicles. But you know what I find very interesting about this? If Bob Lazar is telling the truth, he says that we will crack the code in 100 years. We will figure it all out. We know how they're powered. He says because of that element 115 that we have yet to duplicate at a stable level. Russian scientists created element 115, but it wasn't stable. Mm. Element 115 creates the force fields, the gravity power. How do we know they created 115 and it wasn't stable? Well, from what I know about element 115 is that it's a man-made element 
the Russians were able to figure it out, I think, in the early 2000s, 2003. And in 2016, it was finally added to the periodic table of elements. Right. And this is the stuff that Bob Lazar says powered the UFOs, force fields, uh, velocity, et cetera, et cetera. We have yet to discover it in plethora on this planet. We have to make it. Right. One atom at a time, I believe, in like a particle accelerator. And I think they call it element 115 because uh, according to like how they do the periodic table, I think it's like 23 atoms heavier than uranium. 115 is the amount of protons in its nucleus, which okay. is a heavy, heavy item. From what I understand, there's no side effect. There's no nuclear waste from this stuff. That would be pretty impressive. And it could power for a long time. Well, you think about uranium and the fallout that comes from that. Like, right. Hopefully there's no fallout because if we're playing with something like that and we mess it up, I mean, right. think about the Chernobyl accident. If we had uh, an element that was heavier than uranium, because that's what they were using because I, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but if we were using something that was like more explosive gave off more energy wouldn't that have bigger fallout wouldn't that be something we wouldn't necessarily want to play with at least not here on the surface of the earth if these aliens are real and they are using a form of element 115 like bob lazar says perhaps where they come from that element is in abundance right and we don't have it here but we could eventually probably create it Right, and right now we're creating it one atom at a time. Wow. And it only exists for just a fraction of a second. Now, in reverse engineering this power source, Bob Lazar stated that he replaced, he believes he replaced someone who died trying to break into it with a steel laser, I don't know, some kind of cutter, and boom, the guy died. And Bob Lazar was brought on to replace him. That's what he thinks. So it's obviously very explosive. What does he think? Kill him just like an explosion? Like the force of it? Yeah, something like that. And Bob said this before. If you were to take a a nuclear reactor to the Victorian era, gave it to the scientists back then, Mm -hmm. they would all start dropping dead from the radiation. Right. But eventually they would start to figure it out. Right. It would take time. (laughs) And many lives. So now instead of standing right next to it with the laser, let's stand behind a a safe space and then get into this thing. Right. That would make sense. We are capturing these UAPs on FLIR thermal cameras. FLIR? Mm Mm-hmm. What's FLIR mean? It's the name of the company that makes those thermal cameras. You played with mine. Oh, okay. We were looking at that owl that one night. So... So our not a knockoff thermal camera. Mm-mm, no, it has to be FLIR. It was FLIR, and okay. the Navy jets had these, and that's how they were capturing oh. the images of these UFOs, UAPs, whatever they're called this week. Humans one, UFOs zero, because they were jamming our radar, yet we were capturing them on thermal camera. So okay. you know, if they're paying attention to our radio waves and what the radar technicians and the Mm-hmm. The communications tower and the, the pilots, the bantering back and forth. Ha ha, got it. You know, you saw the right. video. Yeah. What do you think those alien beings were like? 
How the hell? They, they've got footage of us. Right, how are they seeing us? Oh, my God. Do something. Let's get out of here. Come right. on. So maybe if now if they have influenced our evolution in some way and we are a product of their tinkering, I would like to think they were kind of proud of us. Oh, look. Not only did they split the atom and now they're able to capture our UFOs on camera. Hmm. You know, here's the problem. If they are truly real, which I think they are. They have the benefit of mining our intelligence. Mm. So, for instance, maybe they never had cellular technology. Now they have it because they studied us and figured out our cellular towers, etc. Thermal cameras. Maybe they never had that, but now they do because we have that. What happens when we finally give them what they were looking for? Do they wipe the slate clean? Or hopefully they'll just leave. Re-engineer something? They're and calling, they use our planet again for something else? When it comes to interplanetary travel, mm-hmm. we're almost there. We're going to Mars in the next 10 years. Right. So we're finally entering their neighborhood. We've had the benefit of only being here on Earth and sending robots out and going to the moon a few right. times. Well, that was it. Okay. So they were probably comfortable with that. Sure. Now, then, now we're starting to go to a whole different planet now. The game is changing. We're right. spreading. So it depends on how they view us. Are we a virus? Are we something that should be closely monitored or controlled? What are we to them? So let's go to that exponential growth theory, right? So here we are in our solar system, and we've gone to the moon, and we've gone to Mars, and we've sent a little probe right outside our solar system. So we're we're like, we're very, 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 very in our infantile state, I think, of solar travel or solar exploration. So I don't think we're a real threat to anybody yet because we're still within our own system. We're still within the known, like, area that we can see. Mm -hmm. So if you look at how we are going to get to Mars, there's a lot of physics involved and a lot of, like, slingshotting ourselves around different gravitational bodies. And when I say us, I mean the astronauts. Good, good God. It's not an easy task. And I think what has happened is our society has kind of gotten a little uh, accustomed to uh, space travel. You don't see people getting excited over, like, a space shuttle launch. My my kids, my students at work, none of them know. I remember watching uh, the the last rover that we landed on Mars live, and it was amazing. It was so exciting. Like the thing came down, and because it was like eleven minutes between when we could get the signal back, mm-hmm. like the the tension was just there. It was just like ah, palpable. And then I had class right afterwards, and I was like all jacked up. And all my kids were like, what happened to you? And I was like, what do you mean what happened to me? What happened to us? We went to Mars. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, not a person, but a rover. And they landed successfully. It's crazy because they had to program this rocket to shoot. And it had to do all this stuff autonomously because it had to send the signal back. Like, they're not controlling it. It's all just programmed. And then this thing came down and, like, hovered and dropped the rover down and then flew off and crashed and became human trash on Mars. Right. Which is such a human thing to do. 
a huge achievement for mankind, but a higher consciousness, uh, intelligence, UFOs, aliens, whatever. They're going to look at that, this. and they're going to say, that's cute. Yeah, but then when we actually go there and start doing stuff, they're like, okay, no, wait a minute. These guys are... Oh, they made it to Mars. I think that that's possibly when there's going to be full disclosure. Okay, these sure. are the rules. You're now interplanetary. Don't bring your guns. Leave your Jesus at home. You I know, disagree. And wash I your think, hands. I think they're going to let us duke it out in the solar system. But when we travel to another system... You think so? That's once we once we figure out... I think it, Maybe then we could I be think, unstoppable. Well, I think... I don't think so. Good God. No. If we develop their... If we fully comprehend their technology and like how we've advanced with the FLIR camera... That was a one-up on them. Sure. So who knows to say, who who can say, you know, 50 years from now, we, not only do we have figured out their technology, but we've also advanced it and made it better. Because humans tend to do that. Sure, but do you think that they would allow us to keep their technology if they had a, a, a danger of us, you know, turning it against them? It all depends. If they're indifferent towards us, it's all about where we keep it. Maybe they're looking for it. Maybe they're flexing their muscles with our naval carriers, saying, oh, we're here. You know, maybe they don't really think of us as a society as a threat, but our military is a threat. Maybe. Because supposedly, we shot down one of their UFOs. Supposedly, according to Bob Lazar. Mm. Yeah. He saw one of the craft. He saw nine craft at S4. And one of them had a gaping hole, a wound, Mm. from being shot down. Okay. He also said most of them were from an archaeological dig. Right. So they've been here before, a long time ago. Yeah. And then, of course, the Roswell. Sure. Here's the other thing you have to think about. If if there are issues with us and they want us to find it, or, they, or when we're hiding it from them, couldn't they just do a show of force and, you know, plop down one of our aircraft carriers or say, hey, if you don't give us the thing, we're, you're gone. We'll flatten Washington, D.C. Possibly, but maybe they know that we can be a threat. Not without their technology. And then on top while of that, the, while, they have they well, have the technology right now, so we're not a threat right now. Well, while they're here, huh. we we can be a threat to them. Outside of our planet, we can't be a oh, threat. Oh, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? So if we've shot down one of their craft and we have FLIR technology now that can track okay. their view, you know, so they're, they're probably very careful. Hmm. You know, and they don't think like us because they're not human. We like right. to think, oh, they're going to like maybe disclosure and land in front of the Capitol and say, hello, Mr. President, we are blah, blah, blah from the planet Serpo. Do you remember <laughs> um, the movie Battles? What was it? Battleship? Battlefield Earth? No, Battleship. Battleship the toy? Battleship the movie made to kind of be along the same lines of the game, the toy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in there, I thought it was actually kind of interesting because the, I thought it was kind of well done. In a, in a, it got the, the battleship aspect of it in. The aliens' spaceship thing, their craft they brought in that was in the water that they were fighting with mm. um, would only attack the ship if it perceived it to be an imminent threat to it. So if they turned their gun on the, the thing... And went to go fire, it would recognize that and then go to try to stop them from shooting them first. There's a different, like, set of rules, a different level of thinking. It's saying, look, that battleship there has cannons on it, but we're not going to worry about it unless it, it turns on us because mm-hmm. we, we're not just going to go destroy everything here. 
which right. is an interesting concept. The movie itself was terrible. It didn't make any sense. But that part of it, I was like, that's an interesting concept, and I like it. One of the things I find fascinating about these UAPs, UFOs, mm-hmm. they are trans-medium vehicles. They travel underwater, supposedly mm. up to 30 knots, air, and space. Right. People always talked about, oh, there's an alien base out in the ocean. Probably. I mean, they're, you know, following our naval carriers. Right. And we think we know the entire land. (laughs) Right. Well, we're always discovering new things in the ocean. But how much of the ocean is really, truly uncharted by us? Right. Most of it. Mm -hmm. So they could very easily have a little underwater base there the entire time watching us. And who knows? Maybe they're from Earth as well from another time right maybe they you know evolved over the 65 million years since the dinosaurs died we don't know maybe you know we haven't found that we are aware of or maybe dinosaurs was like their first try or maybe they wiped out the dinosaurs maybe they wiped out the dinosaurs so that they could the mammals could have a chance well Well, not just the mammals but they could they could run their experiments well look how long the dinosaurs were here there were dinosaur fossils when dinosaurs were living here we are closer to the tyrannosaurus rex than the tyrannosaurus rex is to the stegosaurus that's crazy isn't that crazy by like millions of years yeah they never truly adapted evolved into a, a higher life form to protect itself from a comet or asteroid whatever it was that hit the earth well did they because they were an apex predator i mean they ruled the earth they, never, they didn't need right. to. And they didn't need to build anything. Why did humans need to? Because we went a different direction. We, instead of going for strong and brawn, decided to go for uh, intelligence. Although there's still some strong and brawn out there that really try, and they drive around them big old trucks. And Do you think the intelligence came from They don't language? have much intelligence. They don't have much language either. President Trump, if you see this, please save us. <laughs> How are we able to talk? What's this called? The larynx? Larynx. Larynx? Mm-hmm. How are we able to talk? Vibrations. We're able to communicate. Yes. Verbally. With vibrations. And form sentence, complex sentence. Yes. Sentence. Form complex sentences. Mm-hmm. We share this in our social circles, our culture. Right. Religion, whatnot. And every now and again, there's a profound human being that comes up with something. Right. The wheel was created Mm. the romans then built roads right the british built vessels ships we built the nuclear bomb every now and again there's a profound person that creates something that benefits mankind the single greatest invention is the printing press right we wouldn't have what we have today without the printing press. Right. And now some people are going to say a few years down the road, a few decades down the road maybe, uh, that the single greatest invention is the internet because it allowed us to spread that to everybody instantly. But we would not have time. had the internet if it weren't for the printing press. Right. And we wouldn't have had the printing press if it weren't for like the wheel and getting all that material and all that. So you could always say it started somewhere and everybody's always going to say that one thing is more important than the other. The printing press is great. Uh, it, if you have the ability to spread that word. The the cool thing about uh, the printing press is that it's obsolete now. Now we have the most important thing, which is the ability to spread that technology, that word, that, that 
message, mm-hmm. whether it be in written form, whether it be in, in podcast form, whether it be, you know, in uh, a manifesto or some shit that you post online. The, the the reach that you yeah. can get with technology and that's what the printing press really was that's what it showed and that's why the printing press is the most important thing from your perspective because it was the the start the pinnacle of spreading your message beyond it just being carved into some wall or being you know copied down by somebody else you know something that it allowed it to go real quick earlier i mentioned that life has a small window Mm-hmm. to achieve something. Mm-hmm. Our lives, back in the day, we weren't living to be 80 or 100 years old. And we're not living to be 80 or 100 years old anymore <laughs> either. Our life expectancy has gone down because of all the terrible things we are doing to ourselves. Nonetheless, back then, 45, good life. Yeah. Because of the printing press, that guy's information was now then passed on to his gen- right. next generation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens, Rick, when we're able to take all of that information in a database and just zip into someone's well, brain? Then that becomes the most important invention because then the ability to pass that knowledge goes even further. Well, that also takes us to a whole different topic of a higher level of intelligence. One might say that the first written language, the or even like ancient language the first one that we've ever created the first one first thing is going to be the most important thing ever the first writing utensil is the most important thing ever invented the pen is mightier than the sword do you think the printing press was the single greatest human achievement of all time or the sling the sling well i think the i I, honestly i think you know, the printing press had its its power. Well, yeah. Uh, the Bible got to be... The Bible is insane. Got to be printed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it depends on your perspective and, and what it did at the time because it's doing the same thing the internet. Because I'm, I'm still, like, on board with the internet because not only has the internet uh, changed, like, how, like... it. The printing press started out by saying, here's this much information. As much as you can read or see in pictures, single pictures, that is the information you get, and you have to take that in. But now the Internet is able to go in front of people who don't have that literacy. They weren't learning that language as far as written down, and they can just sit there and absorb it. You can put it in front of a child, and they're absorbing information so much faster. So they're getting kids today have so much more information. They have information overload because they're constantly being bombarded with all this information, and that's because of the internet. Well, yeah, and I've seen it with your kids, even your two-year-old. Absolutely. Technology is a language, and they're uh-huh. whiz banging with mm-hmm. the tablets. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's great, right? So, the web, I think, is the most important human achievement. Human achievement. It has given us the ability to all communicate. We are all essentially a hive mind if mm. we choose to buy in. Right. Which, who doesn't? We are very adaptable creatures. Mm-hmm. And our thumb has given us the ability to grab a bone and use it as a weapon to grab rocks and to dig in with sticks to right. dig for animals to kill each other. And to make chim- tools. And chimpanzees are doing that. And right. they're saying that chimpanzees mm-hmm. are kind of experiencing our Stone Age mm. now. Uh, 
Do you think that in many, many years they're going to develop their language and evolve into smart beings? I don't know. If we want to take the alien... And they'll get mad at us for having them in zoos? Take the alien equation out of it, because that's using an unknown to explain a possible known. For, for right now, all we know is that we are the highest evolved species on this planet that we know of right now. Right. We are able to stand upright and to create and build things. If elephants were able to create and build things, or whales, they well, could quite ants, possibly... Termites. They don't build. They don't build. They dig and they burrow. Bees create the little honeycombs and things, but they're not building a society per se like we do. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, if alien, what if what if it's a whole completely different? What if all of this is bullshit and aliens, like a different alien species, happens upon us? Because what if these are the alien species that are here, but then another species finds us and they come and they're like, "Oh, the intelligent life here are ants or elephants or." lesbians like star trek 4 with that whole probe coming to talk to the whales and there was no whales in the 23rd century you think this is its way of saying hi there to the people of the earth there are other forms of intelligence on earth doctor only human arrogance would assume the message must be meant for man you hear none of my jokes today do you? was that a joke that was a joke before anyway oh let me know it's a joke ahead of time i maybe should i said lesbians <laughs> oh Last show, we talked about how I was part of the whole Bigfoot world because I was on that reality show and I was drinking the Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kool-Aid. I have a a saying now. Because of the recent thermal footage been released by the Pentagon of these flying unidentified aerial phenomenon, (laughs) the scorecard is this. UFOs, one. Bigfoot, zero. Right. And that's because the governments actually come forward with this stuff. Right. Most recently, he released this image, which he claims shows the first UFO filmed by the U.S. military in a conflict zone. What you see in this image is you see the first ever released U.S. military filmed UFO over a conflict zone that is officially designated UFO or UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, that is actively being investigated. Have you heard of Bigelow Industries? Bigelow Industries. Robert Bigelow bought property, which is now considered Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yes, there's a show. Yeah, and uh, he's also come forward and believes that aliens are visiting us, and he is trying to uh, crack the code, per se, and there's the, the mystery. Does the private sector, which is Bigelow, have their hands on some advanced hardware? Maybe, maybe not. The government, maybe, maybe not. Depends on if you listen to Bob Lazar. But if the private sector were to get their hands on this stuff and crack the code before the government, oh my gosh, it could be sold to our enemies. You're who, right. The highest bidder. Well, and it's it's... Video game companies have done this, you know, as far as like 
some of their games. I think it was like a Metal Gear Solid or something, where it's yeah, it's big companies that take over. Or I do it in my my role play game where it's the big companies are the ones who cracked the code of space travel and all of this, and it just it's just a mad scramble of how can this make me rich, right, right, and it becomes infighting. And you have privatized, contracted killers who go after each other and private armies that fight right. private wars for private, you know, resources. Well, res- public resources. And here's the other thing. Element 115, whoever cracks that, whoever cracks it, they're going to win whatever war there is. Because think about what happened when we discovered the atomic bomb. Oh, yeah. Right? We could be Uranium. We cracked uranium or whatever. Boom. Jesus, look at what we can do. And we could travel to Russia. That. Boom. And take out their entire military. Right. Just like that. Right. With force fields. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We could just... And when you say force field, we're talking like you could create a force field that would just like crush the soda can right here. And it would have no idea it's coming imagine using gravity itself as a weapon right crush a building i mean it'd be wild using well, want to f- people up just throw them up into the air the the possibilities with gravity we f- we think gravity is a wave created by mass but what if there's other things that can create gravity and use it for other means right the it's the possibilities are endless for nefarious reasons. There's also probably positive possibilities, but just imagine if it gets in the wrong hands. Now, six years ago, we all thought America was great during the Obama years. We're doing okay. Then during the Trump years, if you're an alien watching what's going on, knowing what's happening behind the scenes, would you want the Americans to have this kind of technology? I mean, the our, yeah, you'd be like, wait, 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 wait a minute, what's going on? Who's in charge? Here? Wait, wait, what are they doing? They're right. they're selling top secret information to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. about their enemies, uh, Israel. You know, right? You know, who's we like to think of ourselves as the good guys, but maybe to a, a higher power, they might be like, mm, or a right. higher intelligence. Right. No, no, maybe it's the the Australians. <laughs> well, I mean, at the time, you know, for so many years, the United States has been at the forefront of technology and the, the hegemon as far as, like, uh, world power goes, that it makes sense. But then all of a sudden, you see this moment of weakness where democracy gets a little shaky because all of a sudden it's being taken over by, uh, you know, essentially what happened to... A narcissist. The, uh, yeah. Proto-dictator. The world in 1940s with Germany. So. You know, what if the if aliens are real, they like China over us. And China gets to figure right. out the technology. Right. What if they like China over us because maybe their social infrastructure is communist? Right. What if they like the ants because their infrastructure is similar to that? As a hive, maybe there's a queen. Right. We don't I mean there's so many what ifs. I mean we can just talk all night. What about- happens if they crash their ship and start spreading? <laughs> I think, okay, here's another question, okay. Tim. Let's say we've already established that aliens are real. Okay. Are they friendly? I hope so. I would think that they would be. Well, it also depends, like I said before, is are they, you know, waiting to harvest our souls for something? Or like slave labor? Or are we slave labor? Are we their power source? What happened to the Neanderthals? Were they taken? 
Where are they? Is that a thing? I don't know, but they, they're extinct and there's no more. That's true. With the dodo birds. You know, and a lot the, of what ifs. And now the rhinos. I don't think it's a matter about good versus evil because that's a human definition. That's a human label that we put on things to make us comfortable. Okay. I think now, I didn't think this before, but now I think that these aliens, these greys, these ebons, as they're called, okay. whatever, the kids, I think they're indifferent. I think there's something else about this planet that they like, they want or need or want to preserve, and they're having to deal with us. Maybe it's because this planet is a bio garden of Eden. Mm. Every kind of life form is on this planet that we are aware, you know, flying, swimming, basic seagull cell sure. to we're now just discovering organisms living at the bottom of the ocean that don't require sunlight and are at those heating vents. Right. Which normally would have been like, that's impossible. There could be no animals down there during that, that kind of temperature. Yet, there, there's yet little, there they are. Right. And there's communities of them. Right. So It's a thriving ecosystem. Earth is special. I really do think our planet is very special. Right. Well, we think, of, we think of ourselves, I mean, we think of everything in our known universe to be kind of carbon-based, right? And we breathe oxygen uh, because... What is oxygen? CO2. We think from the perspective that everything else is carbon-based. Like, uh, like plants take in CO2 and spit out oxygen, and that powers us. So uh, what if on another planet things aren't carbon-based? They're like... Silicone-based. Silicone-based. Gross. Yeah. Planet of fake titties. Don't know. Right. <sighs> there could be a whole planet of robots called... Mars. You're going to have to take that out. About titties? Yeah. Oh. Probably. I don't know. Oh. People like titties. People like Transformers. Oh, my God. I saw the worst thing on CNN one time. I saw this (laughs) wackadoo go on there and say that there are two things that he believes in. That's the First Amendment and boobs. First Amendment and boobs. What about the Second Amendment? No, it's the First Amendment and boobs. Neither of them has ever let them down. (laughs) <laughs> that definitely comes from that culture. I think I remember my friend telling me that one time. Like he heard it at some like youth group thing and came home and was like, "Hey, I have the funniest thing to tell you. These are the two things I believe in the most." I'm like, "What?" And he's like, first moment in boobs." And I'm like, ah, "That's cool, dude. You've never seen a boob in your life. Maybe your mom's." <laughs> I want to tell you something that really annoys me. What annoys you? Using a known to explain another unknown. It's okay. just make believe, and it's just it's a waste of time. There's a television show that's had 18 seasons that's been on for quite a few years. It started in March of 2009. Its executive producer is a guy named Kevin Burns. Hmm. This TV show has over 220 episodes. I'm talking about Ancient Aliens. According to ancient astronaut theorists, Strikingly similar creation myths exist in ancient cultures. Ancient astronaut theory proposes that this actually is extraterrestrial intervention. Ancient astronaut theorists suggest another story told by early Native Americans. But according to ancient astronaut theorists, the stone is based on an actual historical event, one that predates the building of the Great Pyramid by thousands of years. What I find so annoying about that television show is the narrator says, 
according to ancient astronaut theory. As right. if it's a thing, as if it's something. And they say it over and over and over in over 220 episodes. It's like with Donald Trump. He repeats himself, repeats himself, and it's a, like a lie. People begin to believe it. The more you say it, the more it gets imprinted on your brain, according to ancient astronaut theory. It's the white coat effect, right? Because it adds uh, a sense of authority to it, right? I can say whatever I want if I say according to ancient astronaut theory. So, what is ancient astronaut theory? All sorts of mysteries surround the construction of these monuments and why they were built. Some theories suggest that instead of just observing the skies, they might have been erected using knowledge from visitors from another world. That's the idea behind the ancient astronaut theory. The ancient astronaut theory tries to establish whether or not extraterrestrials visited Earth in the remote past. Here. Okay. This is from a cathedral in Spain. Okay. And people think that's an astronaut. Sure. Now, why? It looks like he's wearing an astronaut helmet. Right. Looks like he's wearing an astronaut type of suit. Sure. But to me, that's a very much like a human interpretation of what an astronaut would look like. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we would look like if we were astronauts, and that's very much what we do look like if we are astronauts. Well, according to ancient astronaut theory, there you go. They've been here. They've been influencing our churches. So basically, what you're saying is ancient astronaut theory is things that look like... Okay, so yeah. No, this is we see this all over the place, though. We see it in everything. We see it in the Bible. It's the wheel within a wheel. So... What are you telling me here? All we're saying is that there may have been signs of UFOs or theories of aliens before us. Sure. 220 episodes just based on all that, what you just said right there. Right, because there's so much of it. You showed me like a couple pictures here, and on my phone I have a picture of pulled up of, of some little figurines that look like spaceships that were found in Colombia. Oh, yeah. And people believe that that, you know, is a sign that aliens have been here because those clearly show spaceships. Uh, not only that, there, there are ancient landing pads in, in some places in South America. I mean, when I was a kid, I watched Ancient Aliens, and they go through all the stuff. There's just so much stuff out there that you can spin to say this is aliens. So, of course, they have 220 episodes because it's interesting. It's history as well. You're getting not just the possibility of ancient aliens, but you get a look at a little bit of Colombian culture right there. It's actually a little bit educational. So while you hate it, it might actually in some ways be doing a little bit of good education-wise. But why does it always have to be an alien? Why does it always have to be a UFO? Because that's the hook. That's the bait. That's the thing that gets the money, Rick. It's just like your Bigfoot thing, right? He makes the show for entertainment. It's not necessarily to tell people that it's not informative. Oh, my God. It's not for them to say, this is aliens, this is real, get on board, let's do something, let's rally the troops. This is, let's see how many episodes we can go, and let's see how many times we get our contract renewed, and let's make money, 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 right? And people will eat it up. 
right? It's like the ghost hunting shows. Why are those so popular? Oh, because they're scary. They make you tingle a little bit, right? And if you believe that somebody flicked on your little light there that's sitting in your little breast pocket right in front of your camera, then great. That's fun. That's entertainment. That's mm-hmm. what this is. That's what this is. That's what somebody did right here. They were like, hey, let's draw something. People will read this years from now and think, oh, okay. my God, aliens. I can argue both sides of the fence. Okay. I can debate this from that point of view and from my established, this is annoying point of view. However, okay. uh, according to Bob Lazar, that these things have been here for 10,000 years. So they could have very easily have been chit-chatting with the Peruvians. And, sure. Easy. And we have now documentation in chiseled in the rock. So I'm looking at uh, what looks like um, an alien in a spacesuit uh, that looks like a deep sea diver, to be honest. Uh, a little smoother, though. Uh, and then I'm also looking at a picture that looks like some uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, and it's got clearly a, one of the, the gray aliens, is what we would call it, carved into it. Now, is that even real? Do, how do we know if that's real or not? I don't know. I'm going off of what Bob Lazar told us about gray aliens. From 10,000 years. The crystal skull that the Aztecs supposedly have, that the Smithsonian has. Mm-hmm. You know, did the aliens make it with the lasers? Or was it a hoax? Or is it carved? Or was there tools back then that was used to make it that we have right. long since forgotten? We've forgotten right. the recipe for cement that the Romans used. And their really? cement was better and stronger than the cement that we have today. But during the Dark Ages, that recipe was gone because they didn't mm. have the recipe written on paper or because it's witchcraft. Have, or they didn't have it chiseled into tablets. Right. So that knowledge is gone. So mm. today, people think, oh, they were using a certain kind of ash that was predominant in that location mm. at that time, which Maybe. made, which is why all those Greek structures are still holding up today. But yeah, interesting. That's human ingenuity. Did ancient astronauts do that? <laughs> why can't we create this all on our own without having some kind of alien? explanation for it the pyramids slaves made those pyramids not aliens oh but the pyramids are lined up in the star formation i mean it's just like is everything alien based it could be but well everything's based on a belief system if we go back to the meaning of life right if you look at like these ancient aliens what do they view them as when when you go into like the ancient texts and things of that nature they were their gods so what happens when Jesus comes back on his chariot and it comes from the sky and he steps out in his sandals and is just like, what up, crew? And people are like, what? You're an alien? Sure. What if Jesus comes back as an alien? What if Jesus was an alien? That's what I'm saying. Right? And they beamed him up. <laughs> See, this Pandora's box with this whole aliens and mm. UFO stuff. Go, it's know. the same thing with religion, right? The mm-hmm. only difference is is that you've chosen your church. So this Kevin Burns fella created his own church, essentially, and it's ancient aliens. It's televangelism. The only difference is yes. he's not saying you yes. need to send money. What he's saying is 
watch the ads during the commercials. Yes, and come back next week. Right. According to ancient mm-hmm. astronaut theory, the bigger questions. The bigger questions. The Big Bang. Was there a Big Bang, do you think? Which explains why all the galaxies are spreading, spreading apart. And now the galaxies are accelerating. They're coming to find out. And they're theorizing that it's dark matter that's right. making the galaxies expand even faster and farther apart. How many Big Bangs have there been? We know of one, allegedly. Right. Is it something that keeps popping off? Pop, pop, pop. How many times has it popped off? How many universes are there? Right. Thanks to Marvel Comics, we have meta-universes. And right. Earth is number 386 that we're living. Whatever. Yeah, well, they got to go somewhere because good gravy. But you know what? That was already done in, uh, what was it called? What was that um, show that ran for a very long time? Uh, Stargate SG-1. Oh, goodness. Don't oh, goodness me. That was a great show. <laughs> it was a great show. They had the greys in it. Ozgul's, Ozgul's, were uh-huh. they called? Something like that. Ozgul's, yeah, something. Yeah, it was a good show. You didn't like it? It was cute. I would rather watch it than Ancient Astronauts. Right. Meanwhile, back on topic. If all this has happened before and will happen again, the universe recycles itself. They say that the iron in our blood cells has come from a star that went nova, supernova. The lives and deaths of the stars seem impossibly remote from human experience, and yet we're related in the most intimate way to their life cycles. The very matter that makes us up was generated long ago and far away in red giant stars. So we're made of stardust. Sure. So everything repeats, everything recycles. Well, yeah, that makes sense because... So the theory, I mean, is that energy can't be destroyed. Well, it's a fact. It can only change. Right, it can only change. Right. So going back to, like, electrons, think about electrons as energy, right? So I theorize that when it comes down to space travel and the next step of technology, it's going to be electron-based. I don't know. Or maybe it won't. Or maybe it'll be gravity-based. Right. Maybe it'll be, you know, a UHD... DVDs, or what's the one that competed with? Beta. Beta. Yeah. Yeah. Beta was the professional level of video recording the industry used. Yeah. Well, us normal consumers used Mm -hmm. VHS. VHS. And now it's time for Let's Quiz Tim. Oh, boy. How many times have we been to the moon? I think six times. Very good. Very good. When was the last time we went to the moon? 1974. What year was I born? 1974. What year was I born? 1976. What year was I born? I don't know. I've lost it. 1967. 1953. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got that one. I got that one. Okay. 1972. 1972. I wasn't. Okay. Right. And then we stopped. You want to try again? No-, no, that was actually kind of funny. Oh, my God. For <laughs> we stopped going to the moon because we flexed our muscles to the whole world and we were the the arms race oh excuse me the space race we pretty much won it right we weren't the first people in space the russians were russians were but we were the first ones on the moon right and now we're going to be allegedly the first. as far as documented history is concerned ancient astronaut theory mm. we were the first ones on the moon and there have yet to be other humans on the moon oh, okay and now we're going to Mars. Right. 
is this another space race or is this to benefit mankind? Is this to... What benefit does mankind get from going to Mars? I don't know. Looking for element 115. Right. Well, what if we find something on Mars that changes, you know, the trajectory of humanity, right? But here's the other thing you have to also look at. Like, is this a space race between countries or is this a space race between the collective humanities public funded nasa and the The private private sector sector. yeah ah together right yeah right yeah so this will be interesting to see where mr elon musk takes someone might even argue that starlink might be the greatest thing because we don't know the true capability what that's going to bring to the world right well what is starlink spreading what is starlink the internet being a part of the internet yes. the web we are expanding our web and that again goes back to doesn't matter where you are in the world the most important right. thing and and what are we trying to do now what do we try to do with the printing press spread that yeah. and what are we trying to do with the web spread that you have a much wider reach and then you can broadcast it out right into the f- flipping wherever you want and some people somewhere is going to get 74 seconds of a distorted signal that you sent out of like some kid just Xerox his butt. Yeah. They decode it and some ass. Uh-oh. On this segment of Let's Trigger Richter, Ooh. here we are at Let's Trigger Richter. Guns. Do they kill people? I saw a gun jump out of a person's hand and hop across the street like this uh-huh. and shoot somebody. Yeah. And then it did like a boomerang thing, like in Australia, uh-huh. and it went right back into the person's hand. I did. I saw it. That's fancy. Mm-hmm. And I also saw Bigfoot too. Right. <laughs> no, people kill people. Guns are just a tool, like hammers. Cars kill people with a person behind the wheel. Cars as a tool your fist needs to be registered if you're a heavyweight boxer okay you know yeah right you know your fist is used as a tool as a tool right my mouth has been known to be a tool my do you think but i i guess what i'm asking here is do you think that just ask me just ask me what you want to ask me bro i am asking you what bro, I want to just just come right thing. out for it don't be like hiding in the closet come out do you think that we have an unhealthy obsession with guns in this country? I do. Yes. Why? Yeah. Because of media. Because mm. of uh, toxic masculinity. Right. Uh, you're not a man unless you own a gun. Right. You know. Well, And again, I've, I've shot a gun and I've almost blown somebody's head off by accident. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's... And that's the thing. And that's when I decided that, you know what... I don't need this. I don't need to take the risk. You've right? never blown someone's head off. I know. I said I've come close to. Oh, I didn't oh, say I did. Oh. I said I've come close to blowing someone's oh. head off by accident. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's not a pleasant moment. So what happened was, is my buddy, we had the two uh, clay pigeons on the little thing, and he threw it, and one went that way, and one went that way. So I shot the first one, boom, and then I cocked the gun and went around, and bop, shot the other one right there, and my buddy's head was right there, oh, and I was man. like, okay. You know, that's enough for me. Because yeah. it was just like, you know, yeah. it's just too close. It's too right. close. And it, it, 
I just lost the appeal of having a gun because in my mind, I like I don't need one. I am scared of owning a gun because I don't want to use it on someone because I don't think I could live with myself, even if it was in self-defense. Now people say, oh, you know, you got to protect your family and protect this and protect well, that. Well, statistically but- speaking, you're going to get shot with your own gun. Because you're going to fumble around with it, it's going to drop, and the person who's robbing you is going to pick it up and shoot you. Right. Guns fulfill a need for protection. I understand that. I do not think we need to have AR-15s at all. Oh, well, I mean, the founding fathers... Talk about the Second Amendment. There's more to it than the well, right to bear and, arms. Well, let's... Well, let's that, well, the, but, but that's the... But, it's, but you, you're missing the point. Right. The point is, it's in there. Right. And as long as the words are there, it doesn't matter how right. you chop them up. As long as you get them to be just right, then you can back up whatever you want. Right. We don't, as long as we ignore the whole part that says, in order, you know, for protection in a well regulated, but we can ignore the well regulated militia part. We don't need a regulated militia, so we're just gonna just pretend we're gonna we're gonna read because here's the thing: the part that everybody talks about, uh, the right to keep and bear arms, that all comes after a comma, so it's not the beginning of the sentence even. So that's I mean, I mean, right? And if the as rest- a teacher, it just hurts. It yeah. just hurts. But Tim, if we were to go to war with the government or something, they have tanks. They've got bazookas and missile launchers. Yeah, and at the end jets. of the day, everybody's an Stupid. idiot who thinks that they can take out the government. But at the, at the same time, like, where's the well well regulated militia part? Like, are are you what militia? Like my oath keepers, proud boys, right. patriot. Front. So great, They're get in a militia. At least we know where you're at and who you belong to, right? Yeah. Just in case we do get invaded, maybe we do want to call up, you know, the uh, the the cosplayers experience changes you if i had someone do a home invasion on me and my dogs okay maybe then that would make me change my mind about owning a gun what having a gun would that protect me in that situation i would hope so but then at the same time like you said guns could be used against you so we have this idea in our in our like mind that we are going to get broken into. We are going to get attacked. We are going to need protection. Everybody thinks that everybody's after them. It's why you can't look at people anymore. Yeah. Home invasions do occur. They do occur. They do occur, and, but they are very rare. And, and if you look at the statistics on it, which I haven't really done, but I suspect that you know guns aren't necessarily going to be what everybody thinks they are. They're not going to be these amazing things that save your life. Sure, there will be those moments where there's an invader in your house and somebody with a gun shoots them and it's, hooray, it's amazing. I'm sure there are are instances, probably many instances of it happening, but at the end of the day, there's a lot more accidents and a lot more kids that die. Uh, The leading cause of death among teenagers now is no longer cars. It's guns. It's guns. Yeah. Right? Whether that be accidents or stupid teen-on-teen violence, which is what it is. And we just recently had that six-year-old shoot their teacher. Yeah. Right? How the heck did he get a gun? 
some GOP right wing person said, "Well, that's why we need to arm teachers. That's why so we that need a to teacher arm- will shoot so that a I can shoot my six year old student. Oh what is wrong with people? No, mm-hmm. no, and that's the stupid thing. Like, why do we? Uh, okay, now you're triggered. Now I'm triggered. Now I'm. Tri- Our, you're a teacher. Should we arm teachers? I'm a teacher, and in in my car, I don't carry a gun. I carry a gunshot trauma kit. I've got, uh, it's got like a tourniquet. It's got like special gauze that absorb a lot more than a normal gauze. It's got all sorts of things in there that are used for a gunshot trauma. And I got that and my brother got it for me because we lived in Portland and he thought it would be funny. But the reality of it is, is I've needed that in some situations. I had a student who got shot walking to school and he came running into the building all bleeding all over the place. Yeah. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's like you get a choice here. You can be part of the problem. Right. Or you can help, you know, deal with the fallout of fucking Rambo all over the place. The NRA has been um, influencing our political leaders far way too long. Oh, yes. And I like how Governor Newsom in California has made it so that you can sue uh, gun manufacturers. Finally. Yeah. And go after the NRA. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's a public nuisance. Right. It's like secondhand smoke. Yeah. Right. I'm getting hit by secondhand bullets. If somebody shoots off your gun in and it hits somebody in a public place, you should be held liable for it. Just like, you know, secondhand smoke. Guns are big business. They are. They're huge. Yeah. Well, they're part of our military industrial complex, and they found a market in the civilian sector. Yep. I'm going to go shoot me a Bigfoot. There you go. And one of them liberals. <laughs> Fucking MAGA. Oh, my God. Hey, Tim. On another hot topic, there is a question that mankind has yet to find the answer to. And what is that, Richter? What are women thinking? Ooh. Is that something we really want to break down? I don't know. You're surrounded by it. I am. I live in a house with three other girls, women, well, children, and, the and cats. a wife. You have cats. And I have three female cats, four female cats. The estrogen in your house must be as it's, thick it's palpable. as the humidity in Louisiana. Oh, it's like walking through syrup. Oh. Goodness. Gross. Women. And what's happening to women today? Uh, They are becoming second-class citizens. Yes, and that's our discussion for the next Break It Down with Rick and Tim. Tim now has a Twitter. I do have a Twitter, which you should have seen on the first episode, right? Yes, and it's going to be right here. Boom, right here. Do you remember what it's called? Yeah, it's uh, Tim Breaks It Down. Right. At Tim Breaks It Down. Have you followed him? And mine is at Richter underscore Riolo right here. Richter has had a Twitter. He has many followers. He would like some more. Please follow (laughs) Richter. And if you enjoyed this discussion and want to add to it or ask us questions, please feel free to message us. To you listening, what are the big questions, the meaning of life, are UFOs real? We never really touched on what the meaning of life was. Caramba! What is the meaning of life? Holy <laughs> shit, yeah, I gotta go. What? One of our cats pooped behind the washing machine. 
We can finish this on another day. Does that feel better? Uh, if you squeeze it really hard right here, keep going. Squeeze as hard as you can. Yeah, pop it. That's the thing. So, you're not squeezing hard enough. I am. That's the hardest I can squeeze. Really? Yeah. Wow. Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Check us out also online at www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com.